Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental health nor emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he has gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as they individually and personally choose while accepting full responsibility for their own individual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you are acknowledging that you and only you are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Happy Thursday, everybody. This is Brian Barnett, and you're listening to The Last Symptom. I'm so glad you could be back here this week. Rainy where I'm at. April showers bring May flowers, they say. So that's what we're going through here where I'm at, and uh, I'm not complaining. I like the rain. Uh, You know, within reason. Within reason, I like the rain. You know, if I have to build a boat or anything like that, that's that's a little more than uh, than I'm typically happy with. Well, I hope you're all having a wonderful week. Hope you're all staying safe out there and positive. Of course, I want to tell you about thelastsymptom.com. That's my website full of free and growing resources. Please go over there. Take advantage of that stuff. And while you're there, if you'd like to support my overall body of work that is continuous in nature, you can do that over at thelastsymptom.com. There's a place there where you can uh, support my work with a monetary donation, and I appreciate that very much. Also, if you're interested in a one-on-one conversation with me, that can be scheduled right from thelastsymptom.com. I can find out where you're going wrong and give you suggestions about how to get back on track or to, how to get on track. So, I look forward to talking to you wherever you're at in the world. So today's program is something that I recorded last night in video format. So if you'd like to see the video rather than just listen to the audio, you can do that. If you get the itch to do so, you can always subscribe to the official YouTube channel. Just look up The Last Symptom on YouTube. But if you have any trouble finding that, the answer is always just to go over to thelastsymptom.com. Every link you need is there. By the way, speaking of YouTube, I want to thank everybody who has subscribed recently to the channel. Um, it wasn't but maybe three episodes back that I was celebrating the fact that I had crossed 500 subscribers after uh, losing so many subscribers when I changed channels and created the new channel. Um, and there I was talking about how great it was to reach 500 subscribers. Well, that was just a few weeks ago, and you folks have really come through for me. Uh, Now we're at 560 subscribers. 60 subscribers in the time that uh, previously might have taken, you know, many months to accumulate. And so 60 new subscribers in just a relatively really brief amount of time is a great thing. That's just really wonderful. So I thank you. I, um, I'm trying to produce plenty of content to keep you folks informed and active in your authentic recovery from emotional disorder and particularly borderline personality disorder. I'm genuinely interested in all of you out there. I really want to see you make progress. 
And that's how I direct my efforts, to facilitate your efforts in, in your work. As I was saying, today's episode is a video. It's a video I recorded last night regarding narcissism, genuineness, and your approach to recovery, your sincerity when um, encountering information that perhaps uh, puts a hair in your biscuit, frustrates you, or makes you angry. So how, how is your sincerity going to help you through that so that you continue considering things that you have an aversion to considering? Also, uh, am I a narcissist? Am I lying to you? These are a couple of accusations that I've been getting a lot of lately. I mean, I've been getting these accusations since I started this work, but a lot lately, and I've never really addressed them head on. I'm not responding to the critics, by the way. That's not my purpose of creating this video. Instead, this is a teaching opportunity for you, for the, the sincere people who follow me, who might also have questions, sincere questions about these things. So I've taken this information, created it in a constructive way for those who are genuine, genuinely making efforts to recover from borderline personality disorder and are doing it in a sincere way. So I hope you enjoy the video, even though you're probably just listening to this in audio format on the podcast. But if you'd like to see the video, it's always going to be over there on the official YouTube channel. Folks, I'm going to let this play. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll see you next Thursday, same place, same time. In the meantime, enjoy this following show. Hi there, everybody. This is sort of uh, impromptu, and I know you're thinking, how can this be impromptu? He's sitting there in a tie. <laughs> well, one thing I've taken to doing is uh, when I start to feel subhuman, I pull out some nicer clothes, and I, I get slicked up to feel a little bit more human. So uh, my plans tonight were to start working on the Last Symptom podcast to get ready to record that tomorrow. So I got a little slicked up for it. This week, as with almost every week, I've gotten several correspondences that I consider hate mail. And it just comes with the territory with what I do. And I don't typically uh, respond to people who send me hate mail. But in this case, I thought there was a good uh, teaching opportunity. So I thought I'd select one particular hate mail in this particular instance as an as a teaching opportunity. First of all, the person in this particular message accuses me of being a narcissist, which is ironic because I just addressed this recurrent accusation last week in season two, episode 36 of the Last Symptom podcast. By the way, I'm just realizing that I look like a, a news reporter holding this microphone. This is a new setup for me, so <laughs> Forgive me. We'll see if it works. But the person in this particular message accuses me of being a narcissist. And this is a recurrent theme, a recurrent accusation that I, I've been getting a lot of lately. And uh, I just addressed it in last week's episode of The Last Symptom Podcast. That was season two, episode 36. But let me sum it up again once more here. I want you to think about what the foundation of emotional health is, and I'd also like you to think about what the, the foundation, the underlying problem of what emotional unhealth, unhealth is, all right? 
two things. You've got emotional health and you've got emotional unhealth. What are they built upon? Well, if you've been following me for any length of time, you should know by now that the foundation of authentic, good emotional health is built upon genuinely liking or loving oneself. The opposite of this forms the very foundation of emotional unhealth. So what forms the very foundation of emotional unhealth? Dislike for oneself, right? Unhappiness with oneself, frustration with oneself, loathing of oneself. In fact, everybody who has borderline personality disorder or any emotional disorder is dealing with this reality. They do not like themselves. This could be unconscious, subconscious, or conscious. They don't like themselves. Now, for just a second, I'd like you to imagine just a few things that I pulled off the top of my head that we would naturally expect to see in a person who genuinely likes himself or herself. All right? So you've got a person, if you can imagine him or her, that genuinely likes himself or herself. What would we naturally expect for this lack of oneself to naturally translate into? When we say it would naturally translate into something, what we mean is that they're not faking it. They don't have to exert themselves overly so to make these things happen. They're just a naturally resulting product of him or her liking himself or herself. So what would we see? Well, here are a few things that I wanted to point out to you and I'd like you to think about. First of all, a person who naturally likes himself or herself, you would expect to see this person experiencing true inner contentment, right? Because one doesn't have to search outside of himself or herself for fulfillment or validation if they genuinely like themselves. So also what you could expect to see is a sense of peace. The person would be living with a sense of peace. The individual wouldn't put unnecessary stock in what other people think, would they? Because he or she is complete within himself or herself. He or she is not dependent on others to make him or her complete, right? Therefore, he or she is not being influenced by the craving for others' approval. What else would you expect to see? Well, natural confidence. It's not pretend. It's naturally occurring. Th think about the person we're describing. He or she genuinely loves and likes himself or herself. And so this natural confidence is a natural occurring result of the things that we've already mentioned here up to now. Now, related to natural confidence, you would expect to see an absence of self-deprecation, right? Or undue criticism towards oneself. Instead, what you'd see is patience, understanding, um, a willingness to let the unimportant things slide, right? 
you would also see confidence in this person when they openly share things that he or she is truly an authority on. At the same time, what you'd see is this person refraining from talking dogmatically about things he or she is not an authority on. What else could you see in a person who genuinely lacks himself or herself? Well, you'd see the lack of any compulsion to waste his or her time and energy engaging with those whose intentions for disputing things in the first place are not honest or sincere. In other words, their true motivation for even starting or getting into those types of conversations or trying to start those types of conversations would be emotionally driven. So in other words, their minds are already made up. They're not asking questions or trying to get a conversation started from an honest desire to understand something that they don't understand. And the person who genuinely lacks himself or herself, that person's genuine purpose for sharing information in the first place would be so that those who are sincere and receptive can benefit from it. In other words, their purpose would not be to win arguments with or convince those who simply are not sincere, right? Because that would just be a waste of, a useless waste of time. And finally, obviously what you'd see in somebody who genuinely likes himself or herself is an ability to take the hate and anger directed at himself or herself with a grain of salt. Because the perspective that they would be operating on would be that this anger that they're receiving is not a reflection of himself or herself. And uh, more importantly so, it's not a reflection of their worth at all, right? Rather, isn't it a reflection of the other person, the person who's sending the hate, uh, the person who's not sincere, the person who uh, just wants to get into pointless arguments about something that they, they don't understand? So the things I've just mentioned here are simply a few of the natural results of a person genuinely liking himself or herself. And we've already established that genuinely liking yourself is, in fact, a necessary ingredient. It's, it's an imperative ingredient for authentic, good emotional health. In fact, it's the very foundation of it. You can't unconsciously or subconsciously or consciously dislike yourself on some level and at the same time ever enjoy authentic, good emotional health. Now, consider this. Every one of the things we've just mentioned that we just covered to the person who is ignorant and emotionally unhealthy himself or herself these things could easily appear as narcissism, couldn't they? They sure could. They sure could. If, if you're just ignorant or you're emotionally unhealthy yourself, which means you, you wouldn't even know what you're looking at or seeing, even if it jumped up and bit you on the nose, and you're seeing a person who's exhibiting these qualities or aspects of, of their life, it would be very easy to mistakenly think that that is narcissism. I'm trying to find a comfortable way to sit here.
All right, so now we got to ask the question. Is narcissism an example of somebody genuinely liking himself or herself? No. It may appear that way to, to out, ignorant outsiders. And when I say ignorant, I just mean people who know no better. They wouldn't know what they're seeing even if, they, you know, again, if it jumped up and bit them on the nose. But narcissists do not genuinely like themselves, even if they behave in ways sometimes that that appears like they're the only person they like, they don't like themselves. They don't genuinely love themselves. In fact, they genuinely dislike themselves. Whether they're ever aware of this consciously or not, that's the reality of what is going on beneath the surface. So this is something to think about moving forward. Confidence, an unwillingness to engage with those who aren't sincere and who are just out to waste everybody's time and energy. Speaking with an authoritative voice on subjects one is truly an authority on. The failure to self-deprecate or show uncertainty about a topic that uh, one is an authority on. None of these things in themselves are examples of narcissism. Instead, they are the naturally resulting things you naturally and reasonably expect to see from anybody who genuinely likes himself or herself. So if you give it some serious thought, if you play this thought experiment game, you'll be forced to acknowledge that indeed these and other healthy resultant traits are the only types of things you can expect to see in a person who genuinely likes himself or herself. And as we've already established, genuinely liking oneself is the foundation of narcissism. No, it's the foundation of authentic, good emotional health. So the person in this particular hate mail of the week goes on to say this. She says, I want to call you out on your BS. Deep down, anybody with borderline personality disorder knows that these feelings will always be a part of who we are. And no matter what we do, and how much we educate ourselves, they will never go away. I think you struggle still, and I think you're lying. So did you get all that? Let me tell all of you this. If you've joined my group or if you've been following me, if you're trying to recover, uh, if you're you know sincere about getting borderline personality disorder out of your system and and moving on from that, enjoying genuine, authentic emotional health. Let me tell you something that might not have occurred to you yet. All of you are working with two distinct and completely unrelated issues. Two completely distinct and unrelated realities, whether you realize this or not. Number one, you're dealing with borderline personality disorder or some other aspect of emotional unhealth. And number two, you're dealing with the human condition. 
which one of these two things that I just mentioned is not a problem? And if it's not a problem, it's therefore never going to be something you need to change or even could change if you wanted to. The human condition. So the person who wrote me this particular hate mail clearly does not know the difference between these two things. And therefore, she doesn't have an accurate understanding whatsoever of what makes an emotional disorder an emotional disorder. And therefore, she doesn't have a clear understanding at all about what authentically recovering from an emotional disorder truly means. Here's the reality. Emotionally healthy people get mad. Yeah. And they get frustrated. Surprise. They do things they regret. You're never going to meet anybody, nobody on the face of the earth or who has ever lived who's never gotten mad, has never gotten frustrated, and has never done anything that they regretted. So what's the difference between all these things which emotionally healthy people also experience and, say, borderline personality disorder or things rooted in emotional unhealth? I'm going to tell you. It's perspectives plus motivating force. And these are things we've talked about in detail throughout the episodes of the Last Symptom podcast. But let's cut to the chase. What is the most accurate, simplest, and perfectly defining explanation of what emotional disorder is? If it's not being happy all the time, or never making mistakes, or never having regrets, or never saying or doing the wrong thing, what is emotional disorder? Well, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to put it in such a simple way that you will not hear anywhere else. Emotional disorder is this. It's an inaccurate perspective or understanding about the nature of feelings, self, and life. That creates emotional disorder. Now, when I talk about the nature of feelings, self, and life, I'm talking about the very reality of what these things are. When I talk about people walking around with inaccurate perspectives about these things, I'm referring to extremely subtle misperceptions and misunderstandings. Make a note of that word. Very subtle. And now think about it. If these things were not subtle, but were instead loud and obvious, they'd get caught early and they'd get corrected. Also, if they were loud and obvious, they would be extremely simple for me to point out to you and for you to recognize and correct. But they're not loud and obvious. No, unfortunately, we're talking about the very nature of feelings, self, and life in extremely subtle ways. So, the job for you and the job for me is a little more complicated than me simply telling you things. I have to help you understand 
uh, why those things are. I help. I have to help you break down walls that are preventing you from seeing these things. Finally, when I talk about how this all involves the nature of feeling self in life, I'm not just talking about your perceptions about the nature of your feelings. Rather, I'm talking about, by extension, the nature of everybody's feelings. That is to say, feelings in general. Likewise with self. When I say that uh, it involves a misunderstanding or, or misperception of, about the nature of self, this doesn't just involve your misunderstanding of yourself but self in general, that is to say, the inherent nature of people, right? And finally, with life, not just your life, but life in general, that is to say, life for everybody or the reality, you know, we all operate in. I want you to imagine ordering a piece of furniture from some store, right? Uh, I'm using this example because I just did that. <laughs> I bought a table, a table set. So the table set come in a enormous box, a, a huge table with uh, four chairs and a bunch of bolts and nuts. And, and I got some instructions along with it about how to assemble this table uh, using the equipment that come with it. All right. Now, surely you've done something like this, and if you've had any experience with this whatsoever, you might know where I'm going with this. You begin assembling the furniture, and you can't tell from the drawing because it's just these simple line drawings, right? You can't tell if the 5-inch screw is supposed to go into this part or if you're supposed to put the 5.2-inch screw in this part. So you go with your gut and you start looking at the pieces that you still got left over and you're thinking, where are those going to go? Right? I'm going to get done doing this and I'm going to have all these pieces left over. Well, it's not too long, right, before you get into the project. You've been working on it for about an hour and it becomes obvious, it becomes undeniable that you've done something wrong. And this furniture is not going to be able to be finished if you keep going in the direction that you've, that you've been going up until now, right? It just happened to me with this table. I started assembling the chairs, and I thought, my goodness, why didn't they send these chairs uh, a little bit more put together or a little bit easier to assemble? Or why didn't they send me better instructions? And I got a chair together, and it looked like, it was taped together with duct tape. It looked like uh, a cross-eyed person put it together. And I realized, dagnabbit, I'm going to have to take this whole thing apart again and try to figure out where I went wrong and start from there. Fortunately, that's what I did. Everything turned out fine. Now i got a beautiful table. So what happens when your perspectives about the very nature of things like feelings, self, and life are subtly, so subtly off. Well, the same thing happens as happened to the furniture you were assembling in the example just now. 
life goes on, and the resulting disorder, the disharmony, the chaos, gets more and more pronounced and obvious as you go. What I've just described to you is what is meant by disorder in the term borderline personality disorder and emotional disorder. You might not have realized it until now, but we're referring to literal disorder. Where does the disorder come from? It's what naturally results from approaching life with very subtle misunderstandings about feelings, self, and life. It doesn't affect us too much in our younger years, but the more life we experience, the more uh, deep we get into life, the more it begins to become obvious. Now, just like the furniture that uh, I was assembling the other day is not unfixable, I simply figure out where I went wrong. I, I undo the damage, right? I undo the disorder, and I get back to where I went off the rails, and now I do it different. Well, in the end, what I got is a perfectly made table, perfectly made chairs. Well, just like that table, emotional disorders are not in any way unfixable. And anybody who tells you otherwise such as the lady who wrote me the hate mail this week, is full of steaming, smelly, horrible shit. The woman who wrote me the hate mail takes comfort in believing that borderline personality disorder is incurable. Ain't that sad? She takes comfort in believing that her emotional disorder is incurable. So can you imagine the implications if she were to accept that her disordered way of living is not out of her control. In her mind, what would that say about her if she were to accept that? It would probably further feed the foundation of shame that she already exists with. Also, it would mean work, wouldn't it? And it would also involve the fear of failure. What's going on in her head? If what he's saying is right, and I go through all this, and I fail, that's confirmation of the shame I already live with. In other words, I'm inherently broken. There's something inherently wrong with me, and that's scary, ain't it? Well, there's nothing inherently wrong with her. But if she can continue believing that Brian Barnett is lying to her, and her disordered, unhealthy life is completely out of her control, well, then there's nothing to fix, is there? There's nothing to do. Her attitude here means that there's absolutely nothing I can do for her. And guess what? I won't even try. Only she can change her attitude, and I hope she does, because the things I'm telling her are true and can change her life. But they have to be approached with the right attitude. One thing I know for a certainty, anybody who truly believes that they'll never be cured of their emotional disorder is correct. They're correct. They're correct because they have already decided, they've already prematurely decided, see, 
where their efforts will end. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy these people are committing against themselves. It's very, very pathetic, and it's very tragic. They themselves are their own worst obstacle to ever enjoying genuine emotional health, inner peace, and contentment. So hate male lady is entitled to feel however she wants to feel and believe whatever she takes comfort in believing. But I'm not lying to her. And I'm not lying to you. And I'm not lying to anybody. I really did have borderline personality disorder. For the first 35 years of my life, it defined my life. It affected every decision I ever made. It affected every feeling I ever felt. And now I really don't have it. I'm not lying to you. There are many reasons why you might want to believe I'm lying to you, but I'm not lying to you. It wasn't magic. As I've described to you here and in the past, it wasn't even really that complicated. It took time because I had to move from a place of misperceptions and confusion and denial to a place of genuine understanding about the true nature of feelings, self, and life. Authentic emotional health. What is it? It's merely an accurate understanding about the nature of feelings, self, and life. The natural result of understanding the nature of these things accurately is what? It's a harmonious approach to life. The ability to experience genuine inner contentment, the ability to create one's own validation from within, so that a sense of worth is inherent and not dependent on the way my hair looks on a certain day, or the car I'm driving, or my, you know, uh, achievements out in the world. It results in confidence. Only authentic emotional health allows for true confidence. The ability to genuinely like oneself, just like you would care about and feel compassion for any other person or thing, and the way that you would treat it well. Genuine, authentic emotional health allows for that toward oneself. It's not uh, narcissism to like yourself. It's healthy. So... I'd like you to think about this. You're always going to be you. You're always going to have feelings. You're always going to create new regrets, hopefully, and make new mistakes. And you're always going to experience the exact same limitations and imperfections as the rest of the human race. But with authentic recovery from emotional disorder, or borderline personality disorder, you'll no longer be approaching life in ways that conflict with life and create chaos and disorder or are disharmonious with life. Therefore, you'll no longer suffer the disordered results as a natural consequence. Rather, the harmony 
that you will experience from being emotionally healthy and approaching life with an accurate understanding of things like feeling self and life will create inner peace, contentment, and harmony. So that's a lot to throw at you tonight. And uh, I'm, I directed this not only to the new members of my group, but to everybody, to help everybody make slight adjustments in their perspectives from the very beginning regarding what it is you're here for, what your true objective should be starting out. That way, from the very beginning, starting out, you're pointed in the right direction. The ideas you have in your head about what your objectives are, your goals, and what it is you're working for are accurate, and you have a precise understanding about the nature of your task. <laughs>